Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I watch movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I will be reviewing 2000's Bamboozled. Alright guys, let's get into this podcast. Uh, Before I review Bamboozled, I gotta talk about this other movie that I just saw like over the weekend. Oh my god. This will probably be like a review within a review you might say. I just really wanted to talk about this movie. I watched this movie with my wife over the weekend called Fatal Affair. It was on Netflix. Oh my god. Uh... I just wanted to, I'm like, I just wanted to watch it. I knew, I knew somehow this movie was going to be a piece of shit. I just knew it. I just knew this movie was going to be like just trash, but I'm just going to, I was like, I just got to watch this to see. I was like, oh my God, this, 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 this has to be terrible. Um, but because I like watching, I like watching movies like these, um, the movie stars if if you don't know who the movie stars uh i think it's like the number one movie on netflix right now so you would know but for those who haven't watched it, it stars nia long stars omar epps um the movie is what i like to call a um upwardly mobile black thriller that's what i like to call it and i like to watch these movies i like to watch these movies just to laugh you know uh because uh upperly that should i'm like that should be the legit title like the legit genre for these movies is the the upwardly mobile black thriller because there's a lot of these movies that have come out in like the past i want to say 15 to 10 years um, mostly about, like, mostly around, like, the late 2000s into, like, the early 2010s, cause there's a lot of these, uh, you got the perfect guy, you got the intruder, you got, uh, 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 no good deed, you got when the bow breaks, you know, like, all these movies, like, I call them upperly mobile black thrillers, because it's always about uh, some upperly mobile couple who got their shit together, you know, like, they're like, oh, I'm, I just made partner at the law firm, and all this shit, and you're like, oh, I just, I made head chef, and <laughs> whatever, whatever the fuck they trying to do in life, and like, it's like their careers define them, you know, like, that's, that's, all this shit is about, like, like, their careers to find them. We want you to know that they're about something. They're not. It's kind of like the upperly the upperly mobile black thriller was like the uh, the answer to the hood movie. You know, like when we got tired of being just like playing like these hood characters and these thugs and like the guys that get shot. You know, like the boys in the hoods, your menace to societies and your juices and all this shit. You know, like, we got tired of playing those roles. We were like, we moved on to being upperly mobile and black. Uh, I think the shit kind of started with Love Jones. Uh, you know, but, like, they were, like, because, like, they were, like, just, like, upperly mobile black people. Then, like, the best, he had the best man, I think, really catapulted the shit. 
you know because like there's like all these black people with these like big jobs and like they like they just they just doing shit like we ain't we ain't in the hood no more you know like we out here we out here getting it you know um and like that those kind of movies kind of uh started it off but then like they started going a little bit darker with them i think towards the mid-2000s you know like with the thrillers you know so like it's like always like so like i said it's always some upperly mobile couple and then they meet somebody crazy you know like that's what all these movies are it's like upperly they're upperly mobile people and then they meet somebody crazy and it just tears their life apart you know uh they're not like the tyler perry movies you know because like i know his movies are kind of like about like upperly mobile black people too and then like they meet somebody crazy or whatever the fuck like fall from grace which i think that came out what earlier this year i think that came out earlier i don't know why that felt like that came out last year but you know like but i think his are a little i don't think because i think the upperly mobile black thrillers that these other people make are a little slightly better than the tyler perry movies slightly better than the tyler perry movies they're not that great they're not that great but they're slightly better but uh and like they all and like one of the thing is they always star like a over the hill black actor that didn't reach their potential in like the 90s or the early or the early 2000s like they always star morris chestnut or michael ely or sanaa lathan or nia long or uh uh who else uh uh tay diggs or or uh regina regina hall gabrielle union you know they always start like one of these like over the hill kind of like uh black actors that didn't reach their potential pretty much it was like you know you're like you're like man they, they should have been something you know like they should have been bigger than they were but it was because they, they they were around in the 90s and the early 2000s and uh racism was a thing and like nobody thought that they could push a black movie or like nobody thought they could like lead a movie because they were black you know it's not like right now because i think the best time to be a black actor is right now i really think so in like the past i want to say five years i want to say it's gotten better for black actors it was like a black actor can play pretty much any fucking thing they want to play now (laughs) You know, really, it was like it's gotten better. Like you got guys like Michael B. Jordan, you got guys like Chadwick Boseman. You know, it was like this out here just doing the damn, th- doing the damn thing. You know, uh, you know, just, you got like a lot of black actors. You got a lot of black actors out here just, 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 just crushing it right now. And um, I, and like they're probably not gonna be involved in this. Uh, in this genre you know anytime soon you know so uh but yeah like all these movies start off like that but like all these movies star somebody like that and then they have the same plot they all have the same plot with just different not the same plot but like it's like a different twist on the same plot because in the end the motherfucker's crazy that's all we know (laughs) You know, you meet somebody and they crazy. That's all it is. And this movie is no different. Fatal Affair. Because, uh, like, Nia Long meets this dude played by Omar Epps that she used to know in college. He had a crush on her. I guess she didn't notice that he had a crush on her. She kept this nigga in the friend zone. 
and uh he tries to get back he tries to get back with her because like they just reunited after like 20 something years and he still got a thing for her even though she is married with a child with like a grown with like a teenage daughter you know like she has a teenage daughter and he still wants to tap that ass and be with her <laughs> you know i was like and like neil on neil on look good you know neil on look good she still look good but you know like she's She's, she's mom looking, you know, like she, she looks like a MILF, you know, uh, you know, you know, you know, like when a woman has a kid and then sometimes like, I don't know, but like, you know, like when a woman has a kid, sometimes when a woman has a child and they gain a little weight, but they gain weight in the right places. And like, she got a little, she got a little chubby face now. Like she's not the Leah Long of old, like she's a little bit chubbier but she's sexy with it, you know, like, she's a, Nia Long is a sexy chubster now, and, uh, but, uh, and, so, like, but he still wants to smash this shit, you know, he, like, he still wants to tap that ass, and so he tries, and then, like, she breaks, she's like, no, I can't do this shit, I can't cheat on my husband, and nigga goes wild, nigga goes insane, and, he just starts, he just starts fucking causing havoc, and I think he starts, like, he starts, like, dating her friend to get to her, as soon as I saw that friend, like, cause they show that friend, in every goddamn movie, when you see that friend that's, like, really happy, and chipper, and always, like, oh, yeah, girl, yeah, and all this shit, and, or even, like, the male friend who's, like, happy and chipper, and you see him, like, yeah, man, what's going on, bro, he's dead, like, he's going to die, (laughs) and it's no different here, like, cause, like, he kills the fuck out of her friend, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it was like, that was a couple of, that was a couple of deaths in this movie, uh, cause he kills her friend, he kills, uh, cause, uh, Nia Long, uh, is an attorney, she has her own law firm, she kills, I mean, he kills, her secretary, her black secretary, uh, a black British secretary, uh, he kills, he kills the fuck out of her, I was like, what she do, she ain't do nothing, and, like, he kills a lot of people that ain't got nothing to do with this, other than the friend, like, the friend, like, finds out some shit about him, and then he kills her, I was like, okay, yeah, you wanna cover some shit up, I was like, he kills a homeless man, <laughs> he kills a homeless man in this movie, he kills the black British secretary, and he, this is the most egregious murder that he that he commits of all time of all time in his goddamn movie. He kills her daughter's teenage boyfriend. <laughs> this this boy look like he like I'm gonna say this boy look like he like 14 years old and like he just massacres this little boy. <laughs> I was like that poor little kid. What do you? He ain't got nothing to do with this. He just trying to he just trying to be with the little girl like. I'm like, he over there, I'm like, I'm like, he outside playing frisbee and shit with the daughter and shit, and, I mean, like, the, the, the little boy, like, they, they out there being kids and shit, and, like, next thing you know, she goes, and she goes, like, Neil Long's character goes away, and she finds, that's when she finds her, like, black secretary dead, and then, I like, I think he calls you, like, you left him alone. And like he left, like he could say, like she left the family alone by themselves and shit. And she, 
this poor little boy. I'm like, I would never forget. I think that little kid's name was Scott. I was like, justice for Scott. This poor little boy. And like he, like, cause like she turns on like her, her like the lights are out or some shit. And like she turns on the lights to the patio. And you see this little boy just dead lying in the goddamn chair, just fucking mutilated. <laughs> you know, I was like, why you do that poor little boy like that? That was the biggest takeaway for me is how he just fucking just obliterated a little teenage boy. You know, and he looks like a teenage boy. Like, this boy looked like he like 13, 14 years old. <laughs> and he killed this little boy. And the family doesn't give a shit. That was the thing about it. The family got over Lil Scott's death so quickly. It was like the, the the girl got over it. She was like, hmm, okay, I guess. I like, I guess I'll get another boyfriend. I mean, we were only teenagers. I mean, like, it's not like I was gonna marry this motherfucker, you know, you know. But uh, and like the parents, I was like, the parents didn't get sued. I think me and my wife were talking about this shit. Me and my wife were saying like, wow, like they didn't get no like class. They didn't get no lawsuits or nothing because like they were supposed to protect their child and then some crazy shit happened you know like it's just like hunky dory everything's great you're like the little boy a little boy got killed in our in, in our in our fucking custody but you know <laughs> but like okay whatever uh but yeah man this movie movie's a piece of shit <laughs> it really is i like i think this might be the worst of them all but I'll be back for the other one. I will, because I love watching them. Just the fucking laugh. It's They're just so bad. I'm going to take a break. I'll be back with the uh, review for Bamboozled. Talk to you guys later. Okay, guys, I'm back. Uh, Bamboozle 2000. This is the first Spike Lee movie I've done on the podcast. Um, haven't done, haven't, no, I haven't. I haven't done any Spike Lee movies yet on this podcast. This is the first one <laughs> that I'm doing. And I know a lot of you guys are saying, like, um, why are you uh, picking one of the lesser known obscure Spike Lee movies to do for the for the first time like you're reviewing a Spike Lee movie like this is cause like this movie is like way after Spike Lee's glory days you know uh, like like a lot of people consider like Spike Lee's glory days to be from she's gotta have it to maybe Malcolm X you know cause Malcolm X I think is like the most ambitious thing he ever did cause Malcolm X is long like, Malcolm X is a long ass movie it's a very long movie I'm like I think Malcolm X and Titanic are like the two longest movies ever <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like it's Malcolm X and it's Titanic and like, cause I think I remember Malcolm X came in like a box set. <laughs> I think if I remember, like just like Titanic, like I'm like you had to you had to have like four tapes to watch like Titanic. I remember it did like I think you had to have like four tapes <laughs> to watch Malcolm X. 
<laughs> like, that's how long both of these fucking movies are. But, but yeah, I think she's got to have it to Malcolm X. Uh, I like that. Those are like his glory days. A lot of people were like, where he's like, was like critically acclaimed. They're like, oh my God, he's this great black filmmaker because they always got to put black in front of it. Like, he's this great black filmmaker. You can't just be a great filmmaker. But, um, but yeah, like they, 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 I think he had a couple of good movies in between that though. You know, a lot of people was like, oh, she's got to have the Malcolm X. That's his fucking, that's his fucking, this like glory. That's like, that's, like stop after Malcolm X, you know. Like if you if you watch Spike Lee movies, stop right there, you know. Not to say like like Jungle Fever. Jungle Fever is not that good of a movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm probably gonna review Jungle Fever. Like I say, like a lot of these Spike Lee movies, I'm probably gonna get to. But this Jungle Fever. Jungle Fever is not that great. I hate to say it, but like it's it's not that great. I'm sorry. But uh, I know I'm whispering. I don't know if you guys can hear me over the podcast, but Jungle Fever is not that great of a movie. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, I feel like he had better movies, a couple of a couple of good movies in between, like the, the days where like a lot of people considered him a has been. You know, um, Crooklyn's not bad. Um, uh, he, get on the bus. Uh, he got games, not bad. Uh, get on the bus. I think it's like one of the most cohesive, coherent movies that Spike Lee's ever done. Like, other than Malcolm X. You know, like those like those are the two. Like that movie is like like I said, probably gonna do a lot of do a lot more Spike Lee movies. I still got time. You know, like, you know, like they're not going anywhere. But but yeah, man, I don't like I think Get on the Bus is like one of the most cohesive movies he's ever done, really. I was like this movie's not bad, you know, <laughs> I remember seeing it, I was like, this movie's not half bad, it was like, it's about the Million Man marching shit, you know, but I'm not talking about that movie, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not reviewing that movie right now, uh, but, but yeah, I, I think he's had some movies that are, uh, pretty good, and then he got shit like Girl 6, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, then he got shit like Son of Sam, <laughs> or Summer of, Summer of Sam, you know, like, shit that's not that great you know you got shit like uh fucking uh what else has he done <laughs> i can't because i think i stopped uh, you got shit like she hate me you know <laughs> which that's a weird fucking movie it's got a lot of hot chicks in it but it's a weird movie um you know like he's got that shit um but in the middle of all that shit, he did Bamboozled. Uh, and Bamboozled seems to be a very overlooked movie in his history. You know, because it was even hard. I'm like, I'm going to say it. It was even hard for me to find this movie. I'm like, I couldn't find this movie anywhere. I couldn't rent it on YouTube. I couldn't find it on Hulu. It's not on Netflix. Uh, it's not on, uh, the, 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 even, like, HBO Max doesn't have it. Um, I could not find this movie anywhere, anywhere. So, sorry, Spike, sorry, everyone. I had to bootleg this shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I had to go to a pirate website and, 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 and bootleg the shit. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I, like, I had to, I couldn't find it anywhere. 
it was like it's like like because like every movie i tried i really tried to to do movies i can find you know i don't want to like bootleg shit i don't like pirating shit I, it's not something that i do but in this case i had to do it because i couldn't find this movie any fucking where i'm like even if i had to because like sometimes like i'm not buying a movie you know like because like there's a lot of reviewers that are like, oh, I, I'm going to buy the movie and, uh, you know, you don't like the movie and it sucks. And like, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not sitting here with a sucky movie. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to buy this movie and it, it, it's a piece of shit and I'm just stuck with a piece of shit movie. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Even like movies, because like, and then I'm doing movies from the past, you know, so I know, I might even know that this movie. I might even know that this movie's a piece of shit and I'm going to review it. So like, I'm not buying the shit, <laughs> you know, like I'm not buying it. It's not something that I'm doing. I'm sorry. So like, I was like, I would rent it. Like I said, like I'll rent the goddamn movie, but I like, it wasn't even on Amazon. I only get, that was on Amazon. I don't think it was even on Amazon prime bamboozled. Like I couldn't find this movie anywhere. <laughs> I was like, they, I'm like, they really scrub this, scrub this movie out of existence. Cause this is the only like Spike Lee movie I can't fucking find. <laughs> but so like, but yeah, I, I had to watch it the other way. I'm just saying that I had to watch it the other way. But so, that's how overlooked this movie is, bro. That's how overlooked this movie is. Uh, but like, it has a pretty decent cast. You know, like, uh, you got Damon Wayans, who's the main character. He plays the main character, Pierre Delacroix. Or is it Delacroix? Pierre Delacroix, I'm sorry. Who's, like, pretty much almost like a parody of uh, the op- the upwardly mobile black man. You know, like, he's almost a parody where, like, he's, like, he's really uptight. And he's trying, and he tries his best to be very regal and speak very proper. I want you to hear every syllable that I say. Like, he tries very hard with that. Uh, they even, like, call him out. They even call him out on the on on, on that in, like, the middle of the movie some, somewhere. But, uh, with, like, how he speaks. He's like, why are you speaking like that? But, um, I think like it's like his, his dad calls him. He's like, why, "Why are you speaking like that? What the what the fuck is this?" But but anyway, like he works at this uh, TV station. He works at this TV network called CNS as a writer. But like the thing is, like all his scripts get turned down by his uh, boss, uh, Thomas Dunwitty, played by Michael Rappaport. Which Michael Rappaport's character is a great. <laughs> I like Spike Lee. Spike Lee like. Spike Lee be throwing shade, bro. <laughs> like he be throwing shade big time because Michael Rappaport's character from Jump is a racist. <laughs> he's a racist, but he's a wigger. You know, like and sometimes it be that way. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you could be a racist wigger. You know, you could talk all the slang and the black and hey, what's up? my brother and all this shit and then be, be racist than a motherfucker and you're talking about and you said nigga you like I'm nigga I'm like I'm more nigga than you nigga and all this shit and like he's like I can say nigga cause 
my wife is black, so I, I'm part of the culture now because I'm fucking a black woman. And it's just, you're like, no, you can't. You can't do that. <laughs> I was like, it's like, it's like they be like the undercover racist, you know? Like they be speaking all this, give me some skin, brother, and all this shit. And then they be fucking racist as fuck. But anyway, uh, so like he turns, like, he turns, uh, Damon Wayans' character's script down. So, uh, Pierre wants to get fired. Okay, like he really wants to leave CNS, but like he has a contract and shit. So uh, Pierre comes up with this idea for a minstrel show, and he wants to and like he's saying saying like if I do this minstrel show, they might they they let me out of my contract. I'll be fired because like who the fuck wants to watch a minstrel show in two thousands? You know, but uh, I mean I mean I mean I mean come on. But yeah, so he gets this. He, he does this minstrel show shit uh, with the help of uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's character. She plays a character named uh, Sloane Hopkins, who is his assistant. And like they come up with the idea for this minstrel show, and they get these two uh, homeless street performers, played by Tommy, played by Tommy Davidson and uh, Savion Glover. Like they're gonna be the main characters. Uh, the, for the for the minstrel show, so he gets them and tells them about what's going on and all this shit. Um, some other notable people in this movie I want to talk about. Uh, most Def, most Def is in this in, in this movie as uh, Sloan Hopkins' brother, and he's the leader of this black uh, this black militant group called the Mau Mau's, and they're rappers. Like a lot of them are really rappers because it's most Def. Is uh, Charlie Baltimore, who's a female rapper, uh, MC Search, uh, Cannabis. Uh, there was a couple of other guys in there I wasn't really very familiar with, but like I believe like they're like they're all a group of rappers and like they're like real militant and black power and all this shit. Uh, another person in this movie is uh, Paul Mooney, who plays um, Damon Wayans' character's uh, father, and he's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> he's a stand-up comedian and it was like really i think i think seeing this movie now to, opposed to back then and noticing that paul mooney's in this movie is kind of like and then knowing paul mooney's stand-up it was like weird really weird to see paul mooney in a movie because i don't think paul mooney has been in a movie since busting loose <laughs> which was like in 1981 so like that's like what I want to say maybe 20 that's 20 years that was 20 like maybe 20 or 19 years since he's been in a movie I might be wrong I didn't look up dude's fucking wiki but uh you're like I might be wrong but that's like the last thing I think I seen him in was Bustin' Loose in like 1981 uh I like Bustin' Loose I like that movie with uh Richard Pryor and the kids you know like they're on the school bus and shit I like that movie but uh and uh the roots are in this movie as the uh Alabama Porch Monkeys. Yes, <laughs> like that is a thing in this movie. They play something, a band called the Alabama Porch Monkeys. So they're in here. Uh, standout character, another standout, a, a standout character for me is uh, Honeycut. Honeycut played by a, uh, a, a character actor named uh, Thomas Jefferson Bird. He's been in a bunch of Spike Lee movies because he's in He Got Game. He's in 
he's very prominent and he uh in a get on the bus like he's kind of a main character in uh, get on the bus uh he was in set it off which is not a spike lee movie but he's in set it off uh but yeah he plays this character named honeycut and like honeycut is kind of like the example of the black man who sells his soul for fame and he will do anything for fame because like this dude like just up here just shucking and jiving and wearing the black face proudly and and he came up with this which i think is funny i think this shit is funny because like when you first meet honeycut he's fucking hilarious for one he's like he's fucking hilarious and then he comes up with this uh we kind of like this little catchphrase that niggas is a beautiful thing and sometimes I catch myself saying that shit. I'll be like, niggas is a beautiful thing. <laughs> you know? I was like, I was like, it's kinda like his every nigga is a star. <laughs> if you know that's that's like an old song from the 70s. Uh Kendrick Lamar actually uh covered it, or not covered it, but he used it as a sample on one of his uh songs. Uh on uh to pimp, pimp a butterfly. And like it's kinda like his every nigga is a star, you know. So <laughs> but uh niggas is a beautiful thing um but yeah man he's he's really stand out he's not in this movie very often but every time he's on camera it's like dude this dude steals it <laughs> you know but but yeah man it was like but yeah man this movie this movie man is so ahead of its time man i want to say that i was like that's one thing i was like this movie is ahead of its goddamn time i think this movie came out 20 years too soon I want to say, or even like maybe even like 15 years too soon, because if this movie came out now, I in like the climate we're in right now with like police brutality and uh, uh, the, the Black Lives Matter movement and everybody being so woke and conscious, you know, I think this movie would be like one of the biggest movies uh at the box office right now, if we had a box office right now, because of COVID, but, uh, you know, if we had one, uh, this movie would be one of the biggest movies, I think, like, this movie came out at the wrong time, because it came out in 2000, when, like, black people were trying to shed all that shit, I think, we were trying to, uh, we were trying to shed slavery, you know, we were trying to shed blackface and all this shit we were trying to move on you know i think we were really trying i think we were really trying to move on in like the late 90s into the early 2000s it's like we were, i mean like we didn't forget i'm like i'm not saying that we forgot but <laughs> we just wanted to be more you know like we want to be I'm like and that's how you get like what i was talking about at the beginning of the podcast that's how you get the upperly mobile black movie you know so like because like we want to we want to we want to show that we're more than that shit you know and for spike lee to re- re- release a movie like bamboozle i think it kind of i think a lot of people felt like he was sending us back you know when in uh reality he was trying to remind us he was trying to remind us that this shit still exists you know it like shows some shows are modern day minstrel shows some like police brutality still exists uh racism still exists you know cooning still exists you know like a lot of this shit still exists i think he was trying to tell us this and we didn't want to hear that shit at that time because like we were trying to move on 
I think a lot of people were trying to move. I was only a teenager at the time, but I feel I have to feel the climate and the climate of what 2000 was. The early 2000s was it's like we were trying to move on. We were trying to have fun. You know, like we ain't trying to hit none of that shit. You know, like we, we wasn't. It was like like it was the the late nineties, early two thousands was very bubblegum, very poppy. You know, like we weren't trying to hear none of that shit. So like he really like wrong like wrong place, wrong time. You know, like right movie, wrong place, wrong time. You know, like if this came out now, it would speak to people. It'd probably get nominated for like Academy Awards and all that shit, probably. But uh yeah. Uh Another person that's really good in this movie that surprised me, though, is uh, Tommy Davidson. Tommy Davidson is really good in this movie. She's re- he's, he's really fucking good. I was, like, so surprised. And, like, he's a guy that's not in this movie a lot, too. But, like, just, like, his mannerisms and, like, his emotions and the way he delivers lines. It was just... Like, the part, like, this is the part, like, there's a part in there that kind of makes me sad when, like, uh, Savion Glover and uh, Tommy Davidson are getting ready for the show and they got to put the blackface on because, like, they got to wear blackface in the movie, in the, in, 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 on the show. Uh, and it kind of makes me sad when, like, they're putting on the blackface, you know, because you, you just think about, like, our ancestors and, like, what they had to do in order to get into this business. You know, they had to do this shit in order to get into the business. They had to fucking do all this sh- shucking and jiving bullshit, you know, to get in the business. And you just think about that shit, you know. And, like, and low-key, I commend them for that. I do. You know, because they did all the shit we didn't have to do. You know, they did all that stuff so we wouldn't have to do it. You know, even like in the 80s all the guys that played like the thugs and like the 70s the guys that played all the pimps and shit you know they did all that shit so we didn't have to so we can be just normal fucking people you know right now um i'm like all those guys like all those guys like Stephen fetch it did what he had to do so we could have a michael b jordan you know so we could have a chat with bozeman we can have an Idris Elba, you know, like he did all that shit. So those guys can shine, you know? So, um, but, uh, cause like even in, even in the UK, I, even in the UK, they, they faced racism. So like, I know a lot of people are like, why'd you mention Idris Elba? He's British. I'm like, they faced that shit too. They faced that shit. Um, but, um, anyway, but yeah, man, that's like the scene with the blackface is so goddamn sad, but Tommy Davidson just encapsulated it because like when he's putting on the black face he starts crying and it's so sad you know it is so sad i get choked i'm like i like every time i see that every time i see that scene like i get choked up man i was like like especially now even like watching it back i was like man this shit really chokes me up but uh you know and like he just starts crying and and like then after he's after he's crying, he goes out and does the show. He just does it. You know? And um, but yeah, Tommy Davidson is really good. I was like, dude, if this I was like, I'm kinda mad this movie didn't work for Tommy Davidson. Cause like I think cause like every time I look at Tommy Davidson here, I was like, if Tommy Davidson was white, he'd be Robin Williams. 
I think I, t- I told that to my wife too. I was looking at this movie. I was like, dude, if Tommy Davidson was white, he'd be Robin Williams. I'm like, like they even, I mean, like they and Robin Williams do the same style of comedy. Like they're very, they're both very active. They're very, they're both very uh, hyper. Uh, but like when it's time to act, they can act. They can both act their fucking asses off. They know how to play serious. They know how to dial it down. You know, and they even kind of sound alike. If you if you listen to the way that Tommy Davidson talks, and you listen to the way that Robert Williams talks, they even sound alike, and they even kind of look alike. You know, like like Tommy Davidson looks like a black Robin Williams <laughs> if you if you look at him, if you compare the two. Um, but I was just like, dude, I was like, I, I was like, I wish that this movie did good because just for the sake of Tommy Davidson, because like he was really good in this movie really good but moving on um uh jada pinkett smith's character sloan uh uh at the beginning you just think at the beginning you think she's just this kind of just ambitious uh like i want to take myself to the top uh type of woman you know and like she's just like i Cause like it's like a thing where like she's just like I bust my ass and I got internships and shit like that and but Sloan has thotty behavior. I'm sorry. It was like she has very thotty behavior. It's like she kind of just hooks on to whoever is hot at the time. She does like cause like you, towards the end like you find out she was sleeping with uh, Pierre Delacroix. You know, and like she got, that's how she got the job that she got. And then when uh, my man, uh, when Savion Glover's character got hot, um, she started sleeping with him and like she like started being with him and shit. And Savion Glover's character was kind of like, yo, and like he was kind of like, yo, man, you, you trying to, you, you trying to, you trying to use me, you know, like you trying to stick me for my papers and shit. And you just with me because I'm hot right now and all this shit. And like she gets exposed for that. And that's pretty much that. And but and like that's that. This is what I wanted to get to. Like that was that's a problem that I have in uh, Spike Lee movies. Like I have a problem with how he depicts women in his movies. Cause like if you think about it, if you watch a lot of Spike Lee movies. A lot of times, the, the woman is the villain. Like, she is not, not like, the main villain, but she's one of the villains. Like, she's, uh, if you even go back, it goes back to even to, like, uh, she's gotta have it. You know, like, uh, what's her name? Nola Darling is, she's, they try to make it like she's a sex, like, she's on this, like, sexual liberation tip. But really, like, they, like, he, he really kind of playing on, like, a, even, like, the title is kind of playing her like a hoe. She's gotta have it, you know. <laughs> like, like even the title kind of plays her like a hoe, you know. And uh, like one of the dudes, like the main dude that's like really in love with her, like he comes over and like he like fucks her in the ass, <laughs> and he's like, "You like this shit, huh? You like getting treated like a slut? You like this shit?" And he's like, and he just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the movie. I'm talking about the movie, not the TV show. I don't know what they do in the TV show. I don't really watch the TV show, but um. Or the Netflix show, I'm sorry, forget TV, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's like she even get like treated like a hoe, 
by that dude who's supposed to be like the nice guy and um uh it's like the only time that a woman is not depicted like a hoe or a, or a villainous like just black widow serpent is when it's his sister you know like his sister always plays i'm talking about spike lee's sisters his sister always plays the nice girl you know she's the nice delicate flower you know and it's like that's the only time a girl is not a villain it was like if you look at i'm like like she's gotta have it uh school days tisha campbell's character you're like they treat her like a hoe um uh 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 uh, God damn it! Uh, she's got it. Uh, no, she's got it. Uh, do the right thing. Rosie Perez's character, she kind of fucking annoying. You know, like you made her like really annoying. Um, uh, 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 uh Mo Better Blues, the light skinned chicken Mo Better Blues. They made her like real devious and like she's real vivacious for sex and shit like that. You know, like I could, I could go on. You know, I can go on. But I'm gonna stop right there, and it's just a problem to me. It like it really is a problem to me uh, how he treats women in his movies. You know, uh, yeah, just, that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> like, that, I got a problem with that shit. I really do. I really would. I really do wish that he would treat women better <laughs> in movies. You know, like it's not cool. I don't think that's cool at all. But, um, I might have missed something, I don't know, but, like, a lot of, uh, more times than not, the woman is the, a woman is the villain in a Spike Lee movie, just saying, um, but overall, I think, uh, this movie is a hidden gem, pretty much, like, you know, uh, I think a lot of people, if, like, people could find the movie, (laughs) goddamn, you can't find the fucking movie anywhere, uh, I think if they were to put this movie out, a lot of people will hook on to it, like, especially in, a, like I said, especially in the climate we're in today, um, it's a hidden gem to me, man, I think it's, I think it's pretty damn good, actually, like, I think it's a pretty damn good movie, I didn't understand it, uh, when I first saw it, I think I saw it, the first time I saw it was, like, on HBO, I think, like, a year later, when I was, like, 16, I want to say, when I was, like, 16 years old, I didn't understand the movie, I'm gonna be honest, at the beginning, uh, when I saw that, when I saw it, um, way back in the day, but I understand it now, like, I truly understand it now, and I think it's a really good movie, I think it's a really thought-provoking movie, too, so, yeah, man, the rewatchability on this, I give it a four out of five, man, it's good fucking movie, man, real hidden gem, if you haven't watched it, Go watch it. Watch it if you can find it. <laughs> like I said, hard, hard movie to find. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it. Four out of five. Next week I will be doing 1995's martial arts action film, Mortal Kombat. That's gonna be a fun one to watch. Uh, so until then, peace.